All right, well, hello and welcome. Yeah, we are a shrunk down bunch today, but that's all right. We're few but mighty. Um, I just want to, this is just kind of a part two from last week. And um, uh, really today is not necessarily a preaching or a teaching. It's more like a a family meeting, okay? (laughs) We're going to talk about um, what it means to um, cast our nets on the other side, just like Natalie was talking about. So let's just read this together. John 21, 3 through 6. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And this was after um, Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected. And so they're sitting there like, what do we do? What, do we do? what, are, what are we supposed to do? And Peter's like, well, I guess I'm going fishing. And they're like, okay, we're going to go with you. So they went out and got onto the boat. But that night they caught nothing. And just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet his disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you not have any fish? And they answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. And so that's what today is going to be about. It's going to be about, um, it's going to be about What are we supposed to do as a church to cast our nets on the other side when it comes to Generation Z? And let's do a recap of last week and um, even the week before, quickly. Um, Generation Z are the ones who have the potential to fulfill the Great Commission. They're everyone under the age of 20, okay? Generation Z is an amazing generation that are innovative and problem solvers and creative and awesome, and they're globally connected. And if anybody's going to fulfill the Great Commission, if anybody has the opportunity to fulfill it, it's going to be that generation. And so we really need to stand up and pay attention. But in order to do that, we've got to get serious about pouring out our lives for the mission. And... Um, I love what Alex was saying about, um, you know, that, that uh, here in America, it's not hard to serve Christ like it is in other countries. And so I, I think that we get in this place of um, complacency or even entitlement where we're just like, how dare you ask me, ask that of me? Or, um, I, well, I think God just wants me to be happy and I'm doing just fine in what I'm doing. And I'm just like, I just want to just know I mean, he does want you to be happy, but he, 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 more than that, he wants you to have joy. He wants you to fulfill his great commission. And that's going to make us uncomfortable, guys. It just is. It's going to make us uncomfortable, and it's going to take our time. And, um, but anyway, in order to do that, we've got to get the thorns out of our lives, okay? We've got to get the thorns out of our lives because when we are stressed out and when we are in chaos in our relationships— it puts us into those lower levels of thinking in the brain, and we can't do our good works. Do you guys remember that from last week? Hold up your hand. Remember, we've got the survival part of your brain. We've got the emotional part of your brain, and then you've got the executive thinking. And so um, our survival is our fight, flight, or freeze mode. And that is we are our worst selves when we are in survival mode. This um, emotional state right here, when we are in negative emotions, that's when we're easily offended. That is when um, we're emotional and angry and we live our life in that place. And um, then our executive thinking is up here and this is where we are our best self. This is where our good works come from. This is where ministry should come from. This is where we are the best problem solvers. This is where God speaks to us is up here. And so 
thorns push us down into the lower levels of, we, of thinking. And really, honestly, we become very selfish just trying to survive. I just need to get through. I've got to survive. Don't ask me to do anything. I don't want to do anything because I'm down here and I'm just barely hanging on. And we, uh, we can do better than that. And we learned last week that we move back into our executive thinking through praise and gratitude. And, you know, I, I, it, I just think that God is so cool. Like, and he just blows my mind. But I think about this, that it's good for us to praise God. Like, it's good for our mental health to praise, to give him praise. And it almost feels like sacrilegious or something even saying that. It feels selfish to say, I feel better when I praise the Lord. Because really, we praise the Lord because he's worthy of praise, right? Because he's good, and he's almighty, and he's majestic, and he's wonderful, and he's great, and he deserves it. But it's good for us. <laughs> and it's so bizarre. It just blows my mind that I can, I can take my worries and turn them in, into prayers, like it says in Philippians, and I can feel better. It takes us out of that fearful state and out of that emotional state when we're giving praise and we're, we are thinking about positive and good things and we're turning our, our uh, pain in our life and turning it into a prayer. It moves us up into here and we end up feeling better. And I just think that's so cool that God made us that way. It just... It feels so bizarre, and his goodness, it just, again, speaks to me about his goodness and how much he loves us and how much he cares about us, and it just, it just, I just love it. Anyway, so last week, your homework was to make a list of your thorns and a list of your good works, and um, so I hope that you did that. Um, now, if you did not make a list of your thorns, I bet Jesus made it for you. right? Something happened and you went, oh, that's my thorn. I know I should have, I know. So if, don't worry, it's cool. If you didn't make your list, Jesus did. Just pay attention to what happened this week. What ball did you drop? What thing did you forget? What day was crowded out? What, what happened that you know, that what stress happened that you know is your thorn? Okay, so, but I really, 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 really hope that you did not forget the step about uh, what are the good works that God has for you? Because listen, if your vision for your life isn't bigger than you, it's not God's plan for you. Guys, listen, we were called to great things. That first song that came on this morning, who picked that song list? Who was that? I was like, yes, I was made for. I was made for, I have purpose. I have greatness. And just like what Alex was saying, what did God say to you? You were made for this. Yes, there is something every single one of us in here was made for. Every one of us is made for something. And we've got to, to first of all, we've got to choose to believe it. And second of all, we've got to put it into action, get it into our heart, and do it. So when you were making your list of good works, did you gather all your prophetic words? Did you see what God had to say about you? Did you go get one today? Because remember what I said, if you don't have a prophetic word, go get one. We have a prophetic team. There's no excuse. Don't skip the step of gift assessments and personality profiles. Because listen, some you, can't compare, you can't compare your gift to somebody else's gift. You just can't. And you can't compare your personality to somebody else's because you are uniquely you. And um, I think it was Einstein that said, um, you can't judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree. Right? 
And um, everybody has their different giftings. Not everybody is, is made to be up front or loud, like me, loud. And not everybody's like that, and that's okay. And um, there, are, there are some of us that are made to be supporters and, and um, that, that are just really great at holding somebody else up in prayer. And that is great. And if you're not in that place, whoever you're holding up is not in place. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, we all have a piece to the puzzle. And so it's really important that you know you and you're okay with you. You're okay with who you've been created to be and, um, and what that place is. And, and when you know it and you can do it and you can be it in confidence, um, it's just a really great thing. We are better together. Yes. We are better together. So... Um, if you are called here, your divine purpose will be in line with the divine purpose of this house. It just will. Now, will it look somehow like separated by two minus one? Yes. Like, you know, I can think about, um, we are, we all have a divine purpose and we all are in cooperation with somehow with what God is doing in this place. I can think of, um, like even Susan, Julian and what she does with healthcare. She's she's an amazing healthcare provider, and um, her gifting is in the marketplace and in the healthcare field. But she's still serving the vision of this house. And do you know how? Do you know how many of us go to her to make us healthy so that we can do the mission? There's a lot of us. And do you know uh, that she actually she has a health care team. Did you guys know that we have a health care team here? That there is a person, there is a nurse or some sort of health care worker that's like that's here all the time that if in case something happens, that's the person that will first respond. Did you know that we had that and that Susan did that? And so do you get what I'm saying? I'm saying that even though you might be called to the marketplace, whatever it is that you're calling is somehow it's going to benefit the mission of what God is doing. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. And I am willing to move, change, and rearrange because um, I want everybody in their divine purpose. I want everybody doing what they love to do. And I'll get a little bit more specific in a few minutes of what I mean to do that. But I truly believe there's a great big work to be done. And we have lots of things. And Eric's going to talk next week about all the different things and uh, ways that you can get involved at New Covenant. And there's a lot of things that we do. And um, if everybody's in their spot, it'll be like synergy. It, we won't have to work harder because everybody will be doing their divine purpose, and it will just be really beautiful. Okay, so did I build you up pretty good? You guys feeling pretty good? Y'all excited? Y'all excited about doing the mission and what God wants us to do? Um, but just in case I built you up too much, we're going to have James smack us back down because he <laughs> likes to do that. So James 2.14 through 19. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but he does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, well, you have faith and I have works. Well, show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Ow. So James is saying, listen, your faith does something. It moves. It makes a difference. It makes an impact. Faith is in motion. So we are all called to serve sacrificially. That's part of our mission statement. 
And so what is God asking us to say no to in order to say yes to his plan for us? I talked last week about how, um, you know, someone came up to me after Natalie's talk and said, I need to quit my job. I, I need to quit my job because God is asking me to do these things. And I'm telling you, um, it's not that crazy. That's not that crazy. Um, Karen Haler quit her job. Did you guys know that? You know, she worked part-time. Karen quit her job so that she could serve your children to the best capacity. She didn't want her mind split anymore. She picks up little odd jobs here and there, but she quit her job because she loves this house and this family and your children, and she wants to pour out into the next generation. And I just don't think that that's, that's too crazy. Now, I, will, I do want to specify that, um, uh, you know, you've got to be growing some fruit you know, in your life, <laughs> you've got, there's got to be a work that you're already doing and growing fruit, and then God may lead you to do that, but that was on her heart, and that's what God told her to do, and so, um, you know, I, I just think that's exciting, so what if, what if we tithed our time along with our money, and what would that look like, like, you know, so if you do the math, and if you do it by uh, gross, you know, you're looking at 2.4 hours a day, right, 24, 10%, but if you want to go net, you want to tithe on your net, uh, we're looking at 1.6 hours a day, right? Uh, that's 11 hours and 12 minutes a week. And so, um, so what if we did that? I mean, are we doing that now? Are we spending that much time with God and serving God? And, um, and, I, and this is the part where, where I want to make that clarification about doing what you love. Because here's the thing, I do, I want everybody in their godly purpose, I want everybody in their divine purpose. Sometimes there's training you've got to get to before you get there, and you're not going to like the training, that's number one, because there's a process. You do not want your gift to grow higher than your character, because then you get in trouble, okay? So you let that gift rise with your character, and um, at the same time, and boy, that character building's fun. So, um, but of that 80%, or of that tithe, of that, you know, 1.6 hours a day, <laughs> you know, 80% of that, I, I, think, I think that's good. This is just my guess. I don't know. I think it should be spent doing what we love, doing our divine purpose, doing that thing that we were put on this earth to do. But I got to tell you, 20% of that might need to be doing just what needs to be done because we're a family. If you think about your family dynamic, who loves to take out the trash? You do, really? <laughs> You're amazing. Who loves to do laundry? I mean, sometimes, sometimes we, we just got to do it. It's just got to be done because we're a family, and, the, and it just is what it is. And um, so I believe that we can do those not-so-fun jobs full of faith. You know, I've seen those Facebook posts that talk about, like, um, there are these, like, like super moms who are like, I just love serving my family and folding these clothes, and I pray over every item of clothing. And I was like, I remember there was a time in my life when I was like, I'm going to barf on you. Like, I'm really going to barf. I can't stand laundry. And, I mean, you know, it put me in my brainstem, for real. I'm not even playing. So, but do you know that recently I did try praying over my kids' laundry? And can I just tell you that that's actually that actually makes it not awful like 
It is amazing. And so as I'm blessing every piece of clothing, I, I'm starting to feel better. And I feel like it's being productive and it's not death. And I was like, wow, something those Facebook moms had. I just thought they were bragging, right? And anyway, so I'm just saying we can do that. We can do that when we're doing those not-so-fun jobs, right? We can do it, and we can do it with a heart full of faith. And um, because I desperately don't want us to miss the miracle. Um, in John 2, um, in John 2, it talks about, oh, I forgot that. Hold on, I'm going to get that in in just a second. Okay, so in John 2, it talks about um, Jesus, the first miracle that Jesus did was turning water into wine. And, um, and um, there was a servant that was told to do these things. The servants were told to go fill up these big jugs. Um, and they're like, well, I don't understand why. Because they told him to fill it up with hand-washing water. I don't know if you realize that. The water that they filled those jugs up with was the hand-washing water, the ceremonial hand-washing water that they used in the Jewish uh, purification traditions. And um, so I'm sure that the servants were thinking, why am I doing this? This is the most ridiculous thing. Why am I filling these jugs up with hand-washing water? Are we going to drink the hand-washing water? Because that's like weird. You know, it's like drinking the fluoride water. And so, it, like, we, we can't do that. And so, but anyway, so I'm sure that, sure that the servants were thinking, all right, whatever. And then Jesus says, go over there and draw, draw some out and take it to the servant or take it to the headmaster for him to drink. And I just think, what if, what if the servant hadn't looked down and, and, and didn't notice that, that Jesus had just taken something that was so full of um, tradition and repetition, something they do all the time, and Jesus turned that into wine. And I'm like, guys, we got to pay attention, because serving here on Sunday mornings, when we do what we do back there with the kids— um, it might seem mundane. It might seem like, oh, I'm just washing my hands again. You know, and it might be annoying, and it might be um, whatever it is. Sometimes it's burdensome for us. But I'm telling you, don't miss your miracle. Don't miss the fact that Jesus is going to turn it into wine, because he will. There are some divine appointments and opportunities that are back there with these kids. And it is amazing. Now, don't be drinking wine with the kids. Okay, but you are going to hit a miracle. I, I mean, I think of, okay, I think of Gage when he was a kid. Okay, Monty, are you still in here? Monty, do you remember what Gage used to do to you? Okay, Gage was incredibly inappropriate as a child. He would just run up to you and just punch you, like right at where his eye was, and he was short, and he'd do it to men. So, and, and he was crazy, and, and people would be like, have to brace themselves when it was Chris's weekend for Gage to be in class because, I mean, it was, and we have those back there now. We have these kids that are wild, you know. I mean, I even think of Cole, and he was wild and fun and awesome and, but hard, you know. <laughs> but guys, look at them now. Look at them now. What if we would have given up on them? What if we would have stuck them in the corner or been annoyed by them or didn't take the time to just go, hey, let me show you? What if we would have done that? What if we parents would have given up on them? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, 
But I just think, guys, listen, don't miss your miracle. Don't miss the opportunity. Yes, it's hard. And yes, there's sometimes annoying little blessings. But (laughs) don't miss the miracle of turning that water into wine. I mean, you can be drunk back there on wine from the spirit (laughs) while you're doing it but just be encouraged and in faith as you are as you are doing this now this is where I'm going to insert this because I this came to me a minute ago okay so um because God in our prophetic words has emphasized the next generation he has emphasized generation z to us Now, I want to um, make sure that I I say this, and I emphasized it last week as well, um, but I want to say this again. If God is pouring his spirit out on them, he's pouring his spirit out on us, okay? We're not going to miss it. Us as old people, we're not going to miss this thing. It's not like we're going to be left out. And so um, I want to read to you out of Acts, because you guys know that last week was Pentecost Sunday? You know what I'm saying? Okay, so this is Peter's um, sermon at Pentecost. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For those people are not drunk, as you suppose. Ah, we just talked about that. Um, Since it is only the third hour of the day, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants and female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes and the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God is pouring out his spirit on all of us. And I believe in the prophetic words, um, the people who prophesied that, I think that they specified the next generation because they were going to respond. I, I think that it's, there's not been a lot of generations, young people, that have responded. So I'm telling you, God is promising us a response from them. This is why he's saying this. They are going to respond, and we need to be a part of that. So here's what we are going to do as a church you know we talked about casting our nets on the other side now here is what we are going to do as a church to cast our nets on the other side so we're going to talk about some changes that we are going to make um the first change that we already made was that we hired a next gen pastor which is me they decided to put their money where their mouth is we're tired of talking about that we're about the next generation and actually do it so that's what that's what that's what i'm here for but i gotta i gotta tell you a little secret i would have done this for free i was actually already planning on it i knew that um not even playing. Uh, I knew that Truman was going to be going to school and he was going to be working and I had already gone to them and I said, hey guys, I'm going to have all this free time and so can I just follow you around and be your intern? Is there anything you hate doing? Is there anything you don't want to do? I'll do it for free. And so um, because I just knew that God was already setting me up for whatever it was. But anyway, then this position came up. Came up. And um, anyway, so the next thing that we're going to do is we're raising the bar for ministry workers. We want to see godly fruit. We want to see godly fruit in your life. We want people to have ownership and not just rent space. 
Um, there are expectations about church attendance and conduct and commitment. And um, because we're trying to build trust with families, we are wanting to build a quality program that is sought after. And we want to do trainings and we want, um, we want people uh, to feel safe when they bring her, their kids to us. And so the onboarding process is going to include um, a commitment to clear expectations. We're going to do an interview and when applicable, and when applicable, an emotional healing session. Those I have specified for anybody who is going to work on a team or anybody who's going to be teaching, then I'm going to recommend uh, an emotional healing session. And if you've ever worked on a team, you're going to know why. Because <laughs> you're going to need it. I'm just saying. Somebody's going to rub you wrong, and you're going to get all messed up on the inside. And nothing brings out your insecurities like teaching in front of children. I mean, you guys are pretty scary, too, but children, I don't even know what it is. It's just like, eh, you're going to ask these questions. So all these insecurities come popping up. It's a real good idea to just get some emotional healing before you even start. That's why I did that. It's just a good idea. Hear from Jesus about who you are and what you've been called to do. Okay, so here's some other things we're going to do. Uh, we are doing some name changes. We're going to make it easier for guests. You've probably noticed it because we've been doing it kind of subtly for a long time, but we're dropping names like Camp Grizzly and Flip 180 and Fireflies and Guppies. Did anybody notice? Okay. Uh, we're doing that. Aren't, they're cutesy names. Darn it. We love them, but nobody knows what age group anybody goes to. It's not making any sense, and we are prepping for guests because we believe that God is going to bring in the people. So uh, signage is going to come with that. Uh, so that you know where to go when you bring your kids here. We're going to have big signs, and we've got a plan for all of those things. Uh, we are going to start an electronic sign-in procedure. Hallelujah. No more sticky tape that you wash, and then it gets stuck to your clothing. So we're going to do electronic sign-in procedure. Now, the supplies needed for that are pretty pricey if you want to donate to it, because we need a computer, we need a desk, we need a printer, we need all kinds of stuff that we're going to do, but that is... And, um, and then I've got to learn how to set that whole thing up. So when that comes, you're going to bear with us when we start that process of learning how to do this electronic sign-in procedure. And I'll show you where it goes in just a minute. We're also going to do some re safety reconstruction. Do you guys know we have a security team? Yeah? yeah? Do you know that? Thank you. Thank you, security team. Did you guys know that there's always somebody watching our front door? Yeah. Did you know that? That should make you feel safe because some... There's bad people in the world, and we have a security team that took that upon themselves to say, you know what, we're going to schedule somebody to watch the door all the time. So, and they had this wonderful idea to do some reconstruction. So, right there is the place for the sign-in table. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did I get far enough back? It's right out there. Um, the place for the sign-in table here on the right, that's where we're going to put it. And then the security door that's right next to it, that door down the children's ministry hallway is going to have a door. And it's going to be... It'll be open during right at the beginning of service, probably till about 9.15-ish. 10, 10.15, because we started 10. 10.15. Then that door is going to be locked from the outside, from this side, because you can literally see the front door. I mean, you know, anybody can come in. That's why we've got somebody watching the door. Um, and it's going to be locked. Now, the children are not locked in. They can get out, Okay. You are also not locked away from your children because you can get there through that door right there, okay? So you can still get to your children. You're not locked away from them. It is simply a detour 
for, for if anyone were to come in, it is, it is locked down and it is safe. That's why we're doing that. So if someone comes late, they'll probably have to come through the sanctuary in that way to get their child to class. So um, anyway, yes, so in order to do that, that toddler room, because the door is up at the front across from the bathrooms, we're going to have to move the toddler door. So the old um, elementary classroom door is now going to be the toddler room. We're going to do some reconstruction where we go in and we turn this way into the back of the toddler room. Yes. The old names. Okay, we'll go into the old Camp Grizzly room, into the, the current entrance of old Camp Grizzly, and then we'll turn the corner and come into the back of the guppy room, the toddler room. Does that make sense? That will now be the new entrance when the construction happens. There are two doors to that elementary class or that Camp Grizzly, so that, that other door that's back here will now be the entrance to the elementary class. That we will have signage, we'll have lots of directions when all that happens. I'm just letting you know what's coming so you're not surprised. And um, so anyway, that's that. Some other things that we want to do is we want to partner with you. Can I get, look in your bulletins. Girls, can you start passing out the pens? Look in your bulletins. There is a survey. And I want you to take this survey because we want to partner with you. Just start doing it right now, and I'll probably move on and have, yep, turn it in at the end. But I just want to make some clarifications. I thought I had a copy of it. Yes, thank you. We want to know, this is on top of biblical teaching. <laughs> okay, so we're going to teach Bible. We're going to teach all of those things. But we're asking, what do you want help with? What topic in your home is something that you're like, I need help parenting my child in this area, and I need help understanding how this works in my life? And so what you're going to do is you're going to fill it out. You're going to exit, put an X by it if you, um, you know, if that is something that you want help with. And these are, a lot of these are for older children. So if you're sitting there and you have somebody, a child that's in the preschool room, but you're like, oh, but when it's age appropriate, I would like the teaching. Go ahead and put an X by it. We understand that your little three-year-old is not going to need a teaching on self-harm. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so <laughs> we get that. This will be age appropriate. Okay, and then what you're going to do, because I need to move on. I was going to have you do it right then. Is you're going to fill it out as I go, and then you're going to turn them in at the back at the end is what you're going to do with my pen. Because I bought those. Just kidding. You can have the pen. Okay, so, <clears throat> excuse me. All right, so these are the changes uh, and things. So now I'm about to present to you what, uh, like our next-gen ministries, all of the different age groups and how they're divided up. And I'm speaking to you, number one, as a parent. Here's what's happening in our ministries as a parent. I'm also speaking to you if you are a greeter or you invite somebody new to church and you need to know where to take them. This is another reason why I am presenting this to you. And then the third reason is if you want to be a part of helping with any of these rooms or any of these ministries, I want to make sure that you let us know. Okay, so <clears throat> our nursery room is for three months to 15 months old. Uh, the nursery is a wonderful way to use your nurturing gift to bring peace to these precious babies while their parents are able to be refreshed by the word and corporate worship. Y'all, listen, these mamas need you. 
They need, and if you want to get snuggly babies, their smells, oh my goodness, they smell so good. So um, if you are interested in helping in that, please let me know. But listen, Miss Vicki Taylor, she does the scheduling for nursery and toddler room, and Vicki is awesome. We love her so much. Thank you, Vicki, for doing that. She pours out her life for that. And um, we have 16 workers in there, you guys, nine adults and 17s. This, I just think it's amazing. When I was going through this and I was seeing how much it takes to make this church happen, I just thought it was really amazing. So if you are a nursery worker, will you please stand? We just want to say thank you for all that you do. We love you. We love you so much. We are grateful. These babies need you. These mamas need you. This is a dual ministry, guys. These mamas need some time. So the, the policy for this room is, um, you know, the, it's, it's an in-and-out room. The moms are welcome to use the room to breastfeed or comfort the baby. The moms can come in and out, things like that. So it's kind of a, it's just a shuffling room. Um, but the changes that's coming in the room is that we're going to do some softer light- lighting and we're going to paint it to make it a little more pleasant for little babies and for you while you're in there. All right, the toddler room, which is what used to be guppies, um, these... Man, these kids are full of energy, and they're curious. Um, but they're a lot of fun. So, Marsa Landon, will you please stand? Marsa? Yes. Listen, you guys. Okay, listen. I met with her this past week, and she could not talk to me without crying about these toddlers. And I am not playing with you. She loves your toddlers, like, so much. She thinks about them all the time. And she's going to incorporate some curriculum and a schedule in there to make it, like, safe and a, and a structured situation. And, you know, so that they, they are, they, it just brings safety when they know what's coming next, you know? And it is not too early to start talking about Jesus when they are that age. It is not too early. Guys, listen, Generation Z, this is a different generation. Back in the 70s or 80s, if you were a child, you could look at society and go, and go yeah, Judeo-Christian values are basically part of the society. That's not today. It's not how it is today. You can't look at society and see that the values line up, basically. So the earlier, the better. We've got to start early with these kiddos. So anyway, so she's going to add that, and I think that's amazing. There are 18 workers in our toddler room. If you are in the toddler room, would you please stand? You are amazing. You are absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Yes, Mikey D. Yes. So um, now the age group for the toddler room is um, 15 months old, um, to three years. We changed the, we, we bumped it down just a little bit because we had some moms that wanted to move their kids up just a little bit early. So we did a little compromise. We've got 15 months old or a strong walker. They've got to be a strong toddler to be in the toddler room because they're going to get knocked down by those three-year-olds, <laughs> okay? And uh, they've got to be able to take a little bit of structure because remember, we're adding in some structure right now. And so the room changes, of course, the new door entrance for security are some of the things that we're changing. And so the policy now is drop and go. Like, you know, the exceptions would be for an adjustment period because, you know, these these babies, I know they've got separation anxiety. And so we get that. So the first few times that the toddler's in the room, the mom can stay, things like that. Um, But it is, it's not an in and out room. It's not a room where moms can come in and um, hang out or whatever. It's it's a drop and go because we've got structure now. So that's that. All right, our preschool room. And um, these will be some of the first memories that they will have about church. Long-term memories. 
and you will happen, have an opportunity to be a part of making it positive. There are six teachers and six helpers in this room, so if you teach in that room, will you please stand? You are amazing. You are amazing. There is a special place in my heart for this preschool room because my true me is in that room, and he is, oh, I love it. So this, the ages are three to five years, and they must be potty trained to be in that room because they are sent to the restroom by themselves. And um, they do lesson and playtime and take to the bounce house. Those are the things that we do. And the lessons focus on the foundational truth that God loves them and cares for them. All right, the elementary. Um, so there's been, this is probably the place that there, that there have been the most changes. So we are now keeping fifth graders. Before we had fifth graders in the middle school ministry, we're now keeping those in the elementary age. It's just more age appropriate for that middle school level. And so um, Karen is our children's ministry director, and she organizes curriculum and schedules for preschool and elementary and makes lunch visits and does pastoral care, and she's literally the greatest woman on earth. I'm not even kidding. I love this woman so much. Her heart to serve your children, she loves them so much and she's willing to do whatever it takes to make this ministry um, awesome and to make your kids know the Lord in such a mighty way and I love her so much. So um, there are five teachers and several helpers that are in uh, this elementary age group. Karen and Tina have been there for a long time. We've got some new teachers. Scott Cash, Abraham, Haler, and Austin Pribble are coming in. Now we are no, yes, we are no longer going to be scheduling bounce house workers because here's how this is going to go. Um, and I'll explain this. So by September, we want to split the K through second and the third through fifth. So right now it's K through five and all of them are in that room together. They're in there for half the time. And then once the lesson is over, all of them, the teacher and the, the, the helper, the CC, we call them crowd control, move into says where they are, and <laughs> move into the bounce house altogether. So there's no longer a need to schedule bounce house workers. What we want to do is split K through two and third through fifth and have a teacher and a helper, a teacher and a CC in K through two and a teacher and a CC in third through fifth. So while one of the age groups is using the room, the other one will be bouncing in the bounce house and then they'll trade places, and the teacher will go with them as they go, and they flip-flop, but we need three more teachers for that. So, three more teachers to make this a thing. So, um, it's going to happen, and we believe that by September, it's going to be there. So, if the Lord is pricking your heart and is beginning to, like, call you to that, I, I want you to go ahead and come see me. So coming soon, we're going to do a Facebook group for parents of preschool and elementary students to communicate the memory verses and celebrate birthdays and keep parents connected. Um, we are going to appeal to Generation Z by getting rid of paper. You know, they're very environmentally conscious. So we're going to do it through social media is how we're going to communicate. So there's going to be a Facebook group for that. And then the curriculum encompasses deep biblical truth, classic Bible stories, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So, middle school ministry. Our middle school ministry is led by Ben and Emma Shetterly, and we have an amazing team, you guys. That middle school ministry is jam-packed full of leaders. Okay, we've got Alex and Kate Fulton, we've got Tiffany and David Youngquist, and we've got some great changes happening. Parents, you're going to hear about it in August. Okay, but sneak peek, we're going to be implementing some home groups plus innovating the night service. So it's going to be cool. There's a fun summer plan with activities and check your calendar on Remind. And uh, they're going to be hanging on to future ninth graders throughout the summer because we're going to do a fun send-off in August. Now, the ninth graders can 
double dip into some of the things we're going to be doing with youth if they want to. But they will officially be sent off, do the send off into the high school ministry in August. And if you've never been a part, if you're a student and you've never been a part, they're in class, so I'm not talking to you. Okay, anyway, but, <laughs> but if you know somebody that has a middle schooler and they've never been a part of what we're doing, please tell them to join now. All right, now the high school ministry. All right, y'all. Whew, this thing's my baby. Okay, so, all right, we are in the process of building the team, but for now, I am the temporary high school pastor. Okay, so, but we are building a dynamic team, and we are still looking for people, okay? And, um, but here is the vision. Here's the vision for high school, is that really um, what I felt like God wanted us to do is mirror what we're already doing as a church, that um, we we work as a church on a bi-weekly schedule, right? We have connect groups one week, and we have um, New Covenant School the next week, and we learn, and, and we fellowship. Anyway, so I felt like that's what God wanted us to do. So we're going to do some connect groups with these kids in homes. We're going to meet in some homes, and we're going to call it I Belong, because the connect groups in the homes that will be twice a month are to respond to the needs of the soul. Okay, you know, we're made up spirit, soul, and body. Your soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. That's what we're going to do in the connect groups is respond to the needs of the soul. We're going to create connection, friendship, and bonding through fun and food. We will divide into age-appropriate groups and have discussion on topics that are relevant to emotional needs, bringing a biblical perspective. So the home groups, it's all about your soul and being connected and loving and belonging and dealing with those hard things that they deal with at high school you know, um, relationships, things like that. That's going to be talked about in the homes. Then twice a month, we are going to have an evening service called Impact. It is going to be the second and fourth Sundays of the month, and that will feed the needs of their spirit. We will focus on biblical literacy and worship. And yes, it will still be fun. But this one is going to be, guys, listen, this one is going to be, they're going to be memorizing scripture. They're going to be worshiping. They're going to be journaling. They're going to be learning foundational principles. Their spirit will be built and will grow and will be purposeful about it. You know, we're going to have the uh, spirit needs on that Sunday night, and we're going to have the soul needs in the home, and I'm so excited about it. So if you want to be a part of that, you make sure and come see me. Okay. And then I'll take you through the process of you know. Okay, but anyway, so our fir- very first I Belong is happening on Wednesday, June 26th from 6.30 to 8.30. It's at the Lenz's house. So put it on your calendar, snap a picture, do whatever. I'll send it out on Remind, things like that. Speaking of that, for communication, if you have a child in the high school ministry and you want to know what's happening, you're going to join that Remind group, and we have that on our announcements. It's on Facebook, things like that. But for students, guys, I'm going to start a Facebook group for interact- interactive communication. Um, and I know some of you say Gen Z is not on Facebook, but yes, you are. You're stalking on Facebook. You're just not commenting. So I'm going to put you in a group. You all have one. You just don't say nothing. Okay, so <clears throat> we're going to do Instagram for showing off how much fun we're having. We'll even make a Snapchat if you show us how to use it. Because we don't know how. Because we're all, I know, you guys are on it. Okay, you're my people. Okay. All right, so that's it for high school ministry. So, and that's it for the presentation 
So anyway, so those are the things that we're doing. This is what we're doing. We're getting ready for God to pour out his spirit. We are getting ready for God to bring it in. We're getting ready to have our nets so full that we almost can't contain it. And we believe it's going to happen. And this is why we're making these changes. This is why we're doing these things. We weren't doing it wrong before. It's just, it's a new season. Jesus said, okay, now we're going to do it this way. Okay, that's what we're going to do. It's why we're making the changes. So um, anyway, so if you want to get on board, most of you in here, I'm looking at you going, yeah, you're already on board. Like you're already in. And thank you because you're amazing. And it takes all of us to do it. And if everybody is in their place and everybody is creating synergy and um, it's just going to be amazing. But if you realize that you're in a place and you need to be in a different place, come talk to me. Now's the time. If we're going to change, we're going to do it now. Come see me. Um, But anyway, so I just pray that God would uh, just begin to align our hearts with his divine purpose. That God would begin to align our hearts to go, man, I really want to get, I really want to get involved. And it's worth it. I'm going to clean up the thorns and the weeds in my life so that I can do my divine purpose, so that my divine purpose will line up with my family, so that then I can, I can cooperate with something that's bigger than me. I'm going to cooperate with something bigger. And my life is going to mean something, and I'm going to do something. I'm going to be able to do those good works that God created ahead of time for me. So anyway, let's stand. So, Father God, happy Father's Day, Father God. (laughs) God, we just thank you uh, for for your plan, what what we believe is your plan, what we believe is us casting our nets on the other side. And so, God, first of all, we give you permission to change anything that we've changed. And number two, we give you permission to tell us, yes, I want more, I want this. I want you to say no to something so that you can say yes to this. God, we give you permission. We give you permission to point out the thorns in our life that are keeping us in that survival state. We give you permission to call us to something higher, to something bigger than what we are. We give you permission. We say yes to you, Lord. We really do want to be radical passionate and aggressive lovers of God and people. We really do. And so we give you permission to do what you need to do in our lives. We say yes to it. We love you, Lord, and we give you all the glory. We give you praise because you're worthy to be praised. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.